All right, day 274. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is John. I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right, last day, Book of Romans, Romans 13 through 16. Mm-hmm. Yep, chapter 13. Uh, remember, we're still in this um, kind of Christian living section of the Book of Romans. So this last part, Paul is going to, you know, at first in Romans 1 through 11, talk about uh, the gospel and theology and doctrine and what it means to be justified by faith in Christ. But in 12 through 16, he's like, okay, now what? Then what? Right. How do we live this out? Right. And in Romans 13, he starts out with our civic engagement with the governing authorities. So he says, yo, let everyone submit to the governing authorities. Right. right? Since there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. Now, he flat out here says submit in that word means submit. Right. That word means obey. Right. But a question that a minority like you and I would have to this text is like, yo, what do we do when those who are asked to submit to the governing authorities, when those same governing authorities have the power and use their power to harm us? Right. Right. Like, yep. what do we do? How do we read these texts? Yeah. And, you know, Esau Macaulay, man, in his book, uh, Reading While Black, which is a dope, phenomenal book for anyone that's interested in kind of like biblical interpretation from an African-American perspective. You know, he does really good work on this section. And one of the things he concludes is we can't read this text in isolation from the Bible. Right. Um, but also from the rest of Romans. So remember Romans nine. Right. It quotes Exodus nine. And, the, and in that instance, Paul is going to speak of the way God removed authorities through human agents. Right. right? Showing that like this once for all prohibition against resistance isn't absolute. And we know that like man throughout the canon acts five you know uh the book of daniel daniel three exodus one like all throughout the, the scriptures we have god raising up men and women who push back against the governing authorities that are unjust right right and so what he concludes uh based on just really good uh work in the text um is that man like god is the, these texts should be read in light of god having sovereign authority over human government and that we should be able to even resist and discern, uh, resist evil, discern actions of the state, and even condemn it as well. Even if we don't have, even if we can't say we have the divine sanction for the methods in which we do such things or the timing in which we do such things. Right. And so ultimately, man, this is about God's sovereignty uh, in our place, uh, in, in government's right responsibility to operate according to God's standards. Man, that's so good. Yeah. And yeah, yeah the chapter really ends off with him saying, Man, and at the end of the day, look, the reason why y'all can do this and engage with earthly authority this way is because it's here, present, temporary. Chapter 13 ends with, no, look, but we have a esch uh, eschatological hope or a future hope. The reason why we can endure right now is because we do know that Christ, our true king and ruler, is going to come and make things right. So in the meantime, we do this while we wait on him absolutely yeah. yeah and it's like yo he goes on to kind of go back to like you said um you know our future hope but also like how we live with one another right so right. he talks about the government and the authorities but he's also like us like we're supposed to love one another and he's like yo he talks about the strong and the weak right, right. welcome anyone who's weak in faith but don't argue about disputed matters right, right. One person believes he may eat anything 
ah, another person's like, yo, I'm a vegetarian, vegan, bro. Like, don't hurt my conscience. Right. Another person is like, yo, we got to keep the Sabbath. Another person's like, yo, like, I'm good on the Sabbath. Um, and so we just have to remember the first century context and how these things were really big issues then, but they were also not essential, right? right? Like the main things were the main things. And I think uh, here Paul is going to say, man, like the strong have to live in such a way where they remember the weak, right? right. We don't just live for ourselves in our ethical decisions, right? right? Like we have to, I think you said this before, bro, in another conversation we were having, like we don't think through as Christians just the grid of morality, right? right? When we make decisions about our lives, we think through the grid of how does this help the brother or sister for whom Christ died, yeah. right? It is not just is this right or wrong, but how does this affect my neighbor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love this part where he just kind of delves into conscience, right? And mm -hmm. then it's possible for somebody to do something morally neutral mm -hmm. in a faithless way, and it would mm -hmm. make it sin for that person to do it. So sin is not That's just good. about right and wrong. Sin is about our heart posture behind those things. And Paul's concern is, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people whose consciences are all over the place. And Paul's trying to make sure it. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, in this last part, Paul's trying to help us see y'all keep the main thing, the main thing like. Right. Mm -hmm. There is an objective reality of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross to save all of us that were trapped in sin. There is an objective um, standard that we have to live by, which is love seeking to serve one another. And there's going to be these subjective conscience issues. I think that he's saying don't make these subjective issues uh, objective realities or standards by which you measure somebody else's faithfulness towards God, right? And I think, mm -hmm. man, as we move on, this is one of the things, bro, that as a pastor for close to 15 years now, man, one of the things that I've seen that um, is the hardest for certain mm -hmm. people just to get that it's like, not nah, you have your certain convictions about things, uh, and sometimes the worst thing that you can do is try to uh, instill those particular convictions into somebody else or argue and judge them because they don't hold the same convictions that you do about mm. alcohol, about dietary things or things like that. And so Paul, as he's starting to wrap it up, is trying to remind us, no, look, this is the obligation, the, the obligation that you have to somebody is not to try to create a carbon copy of you. The obligation that we have is to love and to serve and to bear with. Mm -hmm. One another. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, man, like Paul's going to like close and he's going to mention, uh, you know, man, like I've been on my grind, bro. Right. Like I preached from Jerusalem all the way to Lyricum, right? Which is like modern day Albania. And he's like, man, my aim is to, pre to preach the gospel and plant churches where Christ has not been proclaimed. I think right. that should be a good aim for us too, even mm. if we're not the ones who actually are doing the church planting. Right. But we should be, you know, uh, behind uh, organizations that are right, um, right, trying to put the gospel uh, where it has not been named. And so Paul's going to name like, "Yo, tell him I said what's good. Tell him I said what up. Yeah, yo, that's the homie. He he really faithful. Tell him what up. Um, right. So he's going to name a ton of people. Sixteen. He talks about Phoebe, who. Uh, was a woman who would deliver his letter and also most likely read his letter aloud uh, to the churches in Rome. 
and I love the way he ends, bro. He ends in praise to the Lord. Like, man, I think, you know, um, we talk a lot about Bible study and prayer and all these things, but mm. uh, we need a better theology of just praise, man. How do we go about our days praising the Lord? And Paul ends here. He's like, yo, uh, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I love that Lord. as a benediction, bro. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with mm. you. And that's so important as a benediction because, yo, we know it alludes to Genesis 315, right? right? He says that God may crush Satan under your feet. The promise in 315 was that, you know, there was a seed of the woman who would crush the head of Satan. Right. Jesus. And Paul is applying that to us here. Why? Because we're united to with Jesus. Christ. Amen. We're in Christ. So in other words, Christ, like through Christ, we've actually crushed Satan's head. Yeah. Right. His victory so, is ours. Amen. Yes. His victory is ours. And we actually share in his reign and rule as we will sit with him uh, on the throne. On, on the throne at the end of time, uh, ruling over all humanity. Man, that's something to praise God about. Yeah, we've Absolutely. been do, doing doing this joint with Ava for the past few weeks now. Just reciting, this is the day that God has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we've talked mm -hmm. a, a, about you know particular things in the day that we want to praise God for. But I mm -hmm. think, man, this is a great place to start. Like we don't just have to praise God for the things we see. God, I praise you for my you know, for my mom, for my dad, for a good meal, for uh, mm. provision. But it's no God. I praise you that, yeah, you have defeated Satan once and for all. And mm. your victory is ours. So we can walk in freedom and in hope and in joy today. So, yeah, let's end off with that praise. Father, mm. we thank yes, you God. that your victory is ours. Lord, you mm. did all the heavy lifting and you let us ride your coattail and mm. hoist the championship trophy yeah. up god you are so mm. glorious thank you for including us in the way that you have thank you for keeping us father mm -hmm. uh, we pray as we go through the day that you would continue to keep us and as we lay down on our beds tonight lord that uh before we close up our eyes we would just look up to the sky and reflect on just the amazing ways that you've kept us it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.